This is Cole. Learn how to tell stories in logic. My God. <laughs> You're so, this is so hard. And this is Ron. Yes. I hate your guts. Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie right there. Oh, desperation is a stinky cologne. We are the creative team. Oh, my God. I quit. Well, it's the big hole. Did you really just book that? <laughs> Michael Jordan and The Undertaker. Uh, in your face. One of them has 30 years, and the other one is just Michael Jordan. Woo! Welcome back to another exciting episode of... Oh! The Creative Team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Creative Team. I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how the heck are you today, bud? I'm swell. I am with you as always, but you haven't been with me as always, as usual, but now I can see you again. Yeah. You're the anti-John Cena. <laughs> yes, I did a did a uh, computer update. I changed some settings on the Zoom, and my camera seems to be working, at least for the time being, so uh, we're just going to roll with it for now. Yeah, we were one Geek Squad phone call away from having this fixed, Cole. <laughs> possibly. Possibly. So, uh, But it's but beautiful. Yeah, so. It's a beautiful day. I get to see your face. It's a great week in wrestling. Uh, wrestling is uh, firing on all cylinders. Man, the WrestleMania card is shaping up swimmingly. Uh, we're recording on a Saturday, a late Saturday, so we actually have SmackDown in the can, and a lot of matches are uh, you know coming to the surface. Dare I say... Uh, a match I didn't know I wanted, or because you know we're we're wired to want the one-on-one match at WrestleMania uh, usually, right. but the the possibilities of what can take place inside a square circle with Drew McIntyre, Gunther, and Sheamus in a triple threat match for the Intercontinental Title is having I got goosebumps thinking of the the meat slaps we're gonna see in that fight. Yeah, it's definitely going to be brutal. It's going to be hard-hitting action. All three of the guys have really kind of been on a tear this year, I think. Well, they're uh, going to tear something. Yeah, Sheamus has absolutely revitalized his singles career. Um, I mean, I thought he was kind of on the uh, death heap for a while. But I did remember, uh, as we all knew back in the good old days when Triple H was still full-time on the roster... Seamus was one of his workout buddies, so <laughs> uh, things have worked out well for him. And, uh, yeah, he's had some banger matches, especially with Gunther. So, uh, yeah, I don't hate it. It's not the Brock Lesnar, you know, Gunther match that we were dreaming of. But uh, at least we're getting almost. Yes. Oh, I, I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to... Uh... Share everyone's enthusiasm of how awesome that match is going to be. <laughs> yes. It's giving me flashbacks to my very first house show at nine years old when the giant Gonzalez uh, exposed the wrestling business to me as a nine-year-old. And I knew at that very moment what I was watching. And his opponent, the macho man, Randy Savage. Ooh, yes. Yeah, see, that's perfect. That, that's perfect segue to why we're here today. And today is another top ten. We're going to be talking about, well, it's another week in March Madness. It's the final yes. week of March Madness. We're going to be putting a bow on March Madness with the top 10 Macho Man matches of all time. Cole, I had a blast looking this up. And quite frankly, I think I might be, you know, I think you may have like reviewed some of his WCW matches post WCW run. But uh, going back to like when I was watching during the Attitude Era and the Monday Night Wars, I forgot a lot about the epic Macho Man matches that just 
have glossed my mind just because his WWF stuff is so like monumental that even I right. had to remind myself of some of the shit that I loved him doing in WCW. And I'm going to shine some light on those, at least for a portion of my list. Yeah, I as well. I've got a couple WCW matches. Uh, th- I like doing stuff like this because every once in a while it sends us down a very magical rabbit hole. And uh, so uh, of all the rabbit holes to go down, uh, a Macho Man Randy Savage rabbit hole of wrestling matches going back to the early 80s is not the worst rabbit hole that you could go down. So I've watched matches from Macho Man from three decades now. <laughs> three oh, yes. different decades. Yeah. It's and in fantastic. Doing, and in doing my research, I totally glossed over, and I'm sure you did too, but, you know, Macho Man and Bret Hart had a uh, clash match, like, post their big name runs in WCW. So go figure mm-hmm. as to why it wasn't uh, very much remembered. But, uh, yeah, on paper, they had Macho Man versus Bret Hart with Roddy Piper as the special guest referee, and that is just something that I forgot happened, and probably for good reason, because I watched it. Uh, and <laughs> uh, I I obviously thought it was better than you, as we're going to discuss today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 probably on paper like just theatrical, uh, probably what you'd expect. But I was expecting, yeah, I, I, I it could have been done more. We could have wrote it, Cole. You know, I think we did write it, and we did we did it justice. But uh, for it to just kind of take place during Bret Hart's subpar run in WCW, kind of a yeah. waste. But. Uh, um, it was it was a nice little discovery. Yeah, the biggest issue uh, with was just that Brett in WCW was so wishy washy. They didn't know what they wanted to do with him. He switched babyface and heel faster than Big Show uh, in any normal WWE year. I mean, it was just insane. I mean, just absolutely the biggest ball drop of all time. I mean, the biggest star. This you know. Arguably the second biggest star in professional wrestling at the time they got their hands on him. To not have an idea or a plan or anything really coherent that they did with Bret the Hitman Hart is just insane. I mean, he was bar none the biggest babyface in the business in that moment based on the screw job. Yep. Like I know that Austin would go on to be, you know, within the next six months to be the biggest star in wrestling, but I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, they, they could have, they probably could have flipped the, the ratings war back in their favor if Bret Hart was the big WCW, you know, hero to take down the NWO. If they would have brought, brought Bret in to take down the NWO, like, maybe WWE is out of business today and WCW is still around. Like, it's insane that they just couldn't do anything. Like that's, I don't, cer- uh. that's certainly a hot take and a hot topic. And, and boy, go back in the archives of one of our nearly 100 episodes, Cole, where we rebook Bret Hart in WCW, an episode that I'm very proud of and pretty much what ignited the Take It Up with Creative concept to begin with. Right. It was one of those things we discussed, and it was the first thing where I think I was able to uh, convince you that this would be a great idea. <laughs> sure, let's go with that. Yes, because, oh, God, what an abortion Brett oh, and WCW was. Like, it's my just, God. Oh, oh. And like but everyone anyway. Po- everyone points <laughs> fingers at each other, but, hey, go back in the archives. We do a much better job. Paul, if you're listening. Yes, Paul, if you're listening. But uh, today 
we are discussing some Macho Man Randy Savage, if you were done talking about the WrestleMania card. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, behind the scenes, you want to talk about uh, current shit. And when I try to do it on the show, you backpedal because you're not watching. Well, so, un- yeah, well uh... yes, unfortunately, <laughs> this week, yes, it's been, a, it's been a week and I have not caught up on the wrestlings for this week. I'm a week behind, so I don't know what happened other than things I happen to hear Jim Cornette talk about while I'm at work. <laughs> yeah. So, I yes, I do need to catch up on the week and uh as soon as we're done with this, I have some free time. So, Absolutely. Then, uh, next week I have all the free time because my wife and kids are leaving the state. I have like 7 whole days of, you know, me time. So, it's delicious. Uh I just, you know, if just work wouldn't get in the what damn way, uh I could have, you know, a lot of hours of me time and uh that might not be good I, it might be a terrible idea actually i should definitely go to work yeah idle hands are the devil's playground and when my hands are, aren't doing anything it does things that i probably shouldn't be doing like drugs alcohol and eating that's all the same oh, thing yes uh yes pretty much pretty much all the things that are bad for you which is but, ironic uh, because it's the first thing i'm going to do when i retire from work <laughs> just, just drink and smoke and eat a lot. <laughs> yeah, I work to prevent all that. I pre- I work to prevent all that, but when I'm done working, it's the first thing I'm doing. Yeah, luckily for me, I have some hobbies that are actually, you know, pretty uh, healthy, like uh, hiking. Well, I don't hike, but I will hike to uh, fish. And uh, so, yeah, if I can ever retire, I'll be spending time out in the mountains doing lots of hiking uh, to catch some trout. And then I will be doing lots of golfing and on a, you know, hopefully daily basis. And then uh, I'll be in better shape, you know, when I'm 65 than now. (laughs) Certainly a good time to start. There's no, there's no bad time to start. That's true. Oh, what are we doing? (laughs) What are we doing? Well, all right, let's do a top 10 list. How about that? Oh, yeah, we're doing a top 10 list. We're putting a bow on March Madness. It's late. It's Saturday. We don't normally podcast at this hour, but I'm down. It's going to be fun. Should I go first? Okay. My number 10. <laughs> and if you were Macho Man and I said, are you ready? What would your response be? Oh, yeah. Perfect. So my number 10. <laughs> my number 10, you know, uh, it might be a throwaway in on paper, but I... I think on paper, it's like it represents a moment in time where like shit was so big. And like, I wish I was like my age when this happened, just so I can like comprehend the buzz that would have been taken place amongst the smart man's smart fans when this happened. But the bash at the beach, 1996, where the outsiders and a mystery partner fought Lex Luger, Macho Man, uh, Randy Savage and Sting which was like the core WCW defense team against these outsiders and boy what better role for Macho Man to play than the guy that is the spotlight of the betrayal when Hulk Hogan drops that leg it's a moment in time that maybe doesn't really belong to Randy wholly but it's a moment in time that he's involved in that is synonymous with like the Attitude Era and you know uh, the big boom in the mid 90s for wrestling all right, so Hogan and Savage versus uh, Hall and Nash? No, you said Luger in that. That's Yeah, right. so what if you were off about? your phone and listening to me. Uh... <laughs> I heard Lex Luger's name pop up, and I went, what? Yeah, so uh, it would be Lex Luger, Macho Man, and Sting versus The Outsiders and a mystery. Of the okay. Days. Yeah. Ah, oh, yes. Ah, oh, yes. Okay. So I'm going to use my phone while you give me your number 10. 
<laughs> well, that's okay. Most people would agree uh, that my number 10 doesn't belong on this list, shouldn't be on this list. Uh, but for me, this is one of my guilty pleasure matches. It's not necessarily a Macho Man Randy Savage match. However, when you get into this match, it's a it's you know about forty five minutes of big nothing, and then it's five minutes of Macho Man being absolute magic as he uh, loses to Yokozuna, being the last person eliminated in the nineteen ninety three Royal Rumble. So yes, my number ten Macho Man Randy Savage match of all time. I don't care. It's my list. It's nobody else's list. The Royal Rumble match in 1993. That's just you admitting that you haven't watched enough Macho Man matches. No, no. I love that. So my number nine. Now, the Great American Bash 1998. Now, this is another one of those things on paper that is like a dream match of all dream matches. And the only thing that I really remember from this match, other than the buildup and like the the face-off and like the pageantry of it all when I was younger, uh, the way... (laughs) Macho Man just hauls off and punches Charles Robinson in the face to where he does a near backflip. Go out of your way to watch my number nine, Roddy Piper versus Macho Man Randy Savage, Great American Bash, 1998. It is fun. It's slow. It's a Piper Macho Man match in 1998. But if you love wrestling and you love big time characters and you love a ref bump that looks like death, watch this match. Uh, Love it. I I. That may have that may be one of the matches that slipped my world purview, and I'm definitely going to check it out after this. Um, by the way, I'm just going to throw this out there: Halloween Havoc '97, uh, uh, where the famous Ray Mysterio Eddie Guerrero matches. Everyone should go back and watch that pay per view again because that pay per view is fucking fantastic. I watched it again, at least kind of skimming through. And I'm like, oh, I can't skip this match. Oh, I can't skip this match, and I just wanted to watch the Savage match on there, which we'll talk about later. But uh, so, <clears throat> speaking of old guys, <laughs> or great, all-time greats, uh, I'm going all the way back to 1985, and uh, we are talking about Randy Savage's final match in Memphis Wrestling against Jerry the King Lawler. This match is absolutely fantastic. They go about 35 minutes, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, um, but... If you want to see selling at its highest level, you want to see intensity at its highest level, this match is absolutely for you. There's a great spot where Savage bumps uh, Lawler off the apron, and Lawler goes face first into the ringside table. And it's one of those old-ass, sturdy, fucking heavy wooden tables, like a kitchen table. And so his face just skips off of it, which is which was supposed to happen. Uh, but he bleeds a gusher. And this is a loser-leaves-town match. So the blood is so severe that the referee stops the match at some point, and then Lawler begs them to restart the match. He does, and the onslaught that Savage puts on Lawler when he's bleeding a bucket after they restart the match is one of the best heel heats I've ever seen in my life. Just the level of intensity, the amount of punches that look like he's just trying to rip his eyelid off of his face. And then Lawler fires up, does, you know, the, 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 you know, where Hogan stole it from the Hogan, no cell rips the fucking, uh, uh, singlet strap down and then fires the best baby face comeback and, uh, wins the match, sending Savage off to the WWF 
for you know for good it's phenomenal highly recommend it it, it you know it, it is a little slow like ron to, you know mentioned with the savage pipe I mean, because it's 85 so they take their time they tell the story and savage was a fantastic stalling heel and then would come back with just like super crisp offense it's amazing highly recommend it it's on the youtubes you can find it savage versus jerry lawler 1985 and not a lot of people go out of their way or even know about jerry lawler's big famous baby face run like you right know, everyone just knows him as the quirky funny douchey king uh on on world wrestling entertainment federation whatever what have you but this this guy was like the biggest name in that sector like drawing houses like all the fucking time like he'd have like a number of loser leaves town matches he never honored a single one because what would happen with well, the territory yeah <laughs> they, yeah, they, they well yeah loser leave town meant you got a six-week vacation yeah <laughs> yeah they, they didn't call them retirement matches but you had to get out of town for a while that's you know whatever <laughs> but yeah the, the brute the brutality of memphis wrestling there's there's that when you hear stories about it it just sounds like creative freedom galore and just like it has a style of like gaga to it that's very infamous and yeah it, i would i i wish there was a catalog of it that i could just binge but uh i'm gonna go out of my way to watch that one because i i too have not seen that it, yeah it's great they also have a cage match during that feud which is which is pretty good um not great because the cage structure is just silly and like uh they've got like four by four wooden posts instead of steel posts to hold the cage together. So every time they hit it, it like goes flop flopping. It's amazing. It's it's a good match. It's a good cage match. But uh speaking of pretty good but not great, uh this match uh is another one that kind of slipped my memory, but you know, as I reviewed it, it brought me back, you know, the only thing that made me forget about this was just the awful booking between sting and hulk hogan in <laughs> yes. 1997 but shortly after that we had a awesome first time meeting by the way which was kind of a letdown all things considering i sh you should remember this but a first time meeting for these two characters macho man randy savage versus the crow sting in a main event for the heavyweight title it's fucking it's awesome like like macho man is, is a salesman among salesmen sting is is right in the in the middle of like just the peak of this character he's on fire with it even though even though we're still in the middle of the fallout of 97 uh starcade you know that's where it kind of shit hit the fan but wcw is still fucking hot when this is happening yeah so macho man versus sting in this main event is really awesome and then it gets kind of tarnished when a fake sting that's hulk hogan comes out and then kevin nash comes out powerbomb sting but lo and behold macho man in 1998 wins the heavyweight title which was also more of a head scratcher and made this whole like long feud of sting finally winning the title kind of weird uh but yeah slambery <laughs> sting versus macho man it's it's one of those yeah it's it's when it, it really brings you back like wow these guys are fucking stars they don't have to do a goddamn thing just because of yes. how crazy the atmosphere was you know the flashing bulbs it really brings you back watching stuff from the 90s yeah absolutely and like i said you know i've i've watched a fair amount of wcw pay-per-views from that era but i have not seen all of them um, I'm gonna check out both of these. What is is what is Slamboree 1998? Oh, sweet! I already watched the Slamboree 98 match, so maybe I have seen this and I just forgot it. But I'm gonna check it out. 
Yeah, the uh, God. Cause so like like I did my list, like most of it's from memory. And then like I just wanted to check and I and, and as I started diving into other people's lists, I was like, oh. So like I watched two Macho Man Tito Santana matches. I watched <laughs> like three Lawler matches. Like uh and and then our buddy Vince has been sending me clips from like uh ICW, the the Popos promotion. There's a great, great feud with uh Savage and Lanny Poffo taking on the Rock and Roll Express. I haven't do I haven't not you know done a deep dive yet um but it's on the to-do list so uh maybe we do this list again some other time and that will be on there but for now <laughs> for now i'm gonna stay with slambery 1998 well yeah how can that be maybe i have this wrong or maybe i someone listed it down as the wrong location did uh savage wrestle twice on slambery 98 so my facts are wrong Oh, okay. Spring Stampede 98. Okay, okay, perfect. They kind of sound alike. Yes. <laughs> Slambery, Stampede, whatever. Okay, so my match is from Slambery 98. <laughs> yes, that would be the... Brett, Brett the Hitman Hart versus Randy Savage match with Piper as a special guest referee. Now, it's yes. not the five-star classic that uh, we ha we would hope for out of Bret Hart and Savage, but I think there's enough story there in the match and there's enough of them doing their, you know, uh, why can't I think of the word? Their, their moves. What, why would it, why like their arsenal? Fucking, yeah. You, well, yeah, I was going to say arsenal, but like their, uh, repertoire, you know, the, yeah, the shit they're known for, you know, <laughs> I can't think of the synonym for like the shit that they're known for right at the moment, but whatever. Shtick. Style. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There they, you know, there's enough of the Chemistry. Bret Hart. Yeah, there's enough of the Bret Hart and Randy Savage stuff in the match to make it, you know, my my childhood fandom. It tickles my balls. I love this match. I'm glad it exists. And it is the uh first Bret Hart versus Randy Savage match that makes my top ten list. So Oh, the first one, eh? <laughs> yes. Well, uh, I had a hell of a time picking uh, one of these uh, matches, but I went with this one just because it was a little more brutal for me. I like brutal stuff, and it happened on the show that you may, that uh, you're recommending everyone go back and watch from start to finish. Halloween Havoc 1997, Macho Man Randy Savage versus Diamond Dallas Page. Go on. Yes, it is fantastic. Go out of your way to watch it. This was a uh, this was a per, uh, performer making performance, I guess. Uh, this was yeah. th this is when Macho Man put Diamond Dallas Page on the top of the world. He was the first guy to really lay hands on the NWO, and in doing so, ignited a feud between himself and the number two top draw, top wrestler name of all time at the time, and had a trilogy of uh, of a lifetime yeah. for him. As such a as such a you know, he's known as, as being like a rookie, like an old age rookie. So to like go into that and like your big breakout feud finally just happens to be the Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh yeah. pretty freaking awesome. And this of the three I thought was my favorite because it's the one I remember the most. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not quite ready to talk about that match on my list yet. So oh. uh, <laughs> I'll move on to my number seven. Yes, I had to do it. This is all the nostalgia. This is all the feels. The Mega Powers taking on the Mega Bucks. Uh, SummerSlam 1990. 
Uh, of course, we talked about this in great length over the last few weeks, uh, but this is when Macho Man Randy Savage teamed up with Hulk Hogan to take on the evil Ted DiBiase and the giant that he had bought with all of his money, Andre. And it is the main event, I do believe. And uh, it's it's a fun match. It's great. Uh, in this deep dive, by the way, just I just one thing I want to mention. Uh, there's a Saturday night's main event where Hogan and Andre team up in 85 and take on Big John Stud and King Kong Bundy. And uh, this match is surprisingly high-paced, action-packed, crazy from start to finish because they were only going four minutes, but it's an incredible four minutes. About It's about as good as a four-minute tag team match can be. Uh, it's really great. It's one of the uh, Saturday night's main event from uh, 85. So... Oh, uh, that's another one you can go check out. It was just a little surprise gem that I got while I was doing my deep dive. So, how many Tope Suicidas are there? Uh, there isn't one, but Hogan jump dr- drops an elbow off the second rope. Like, I mean, there's a lot of shit going on in this match. Like, even King Kong Bundy had his hustling shoes on. Big John Studs moving because I mean they're jamming the action into four minutes before they get like a double disqualification. But I mean. It was not what I was expecting at all, and it was incredible to watch because Hogan was like, he had his New Japan work boots on that night, and he was running around like a crazy person and like high spot, high spot, high spot, pulling out stuff deep in his arsenal. It's fucking fantastic. I highly recommend it. So The the Cocaine (laughs) Connect must have been on time that night. And even, and even Andre throws a big old, a good big boot in this match. Like, oh, it's fantastic. Yes, more anyway. homework to do, more homework to do, but I'm sure my next one will not require any homework on your part, sir, because now I'm pivoting to the WWF days, and I'm going to go to Heat, brother, Heat, because I, I can't pick apart move for move this match. I know I've seen it as a whole, but what I remember the most is just the Heat spot afterwards of Jake the Snake Roberts just DDTing the piss out of Macho Man Randy Savage a few times in front of a pleading Miss Elizabeth. Uh, I just love simple heat stuff like this like you know it just doesn't take much you just hit your finisher and in between just turn your character up to 10 the audience is going absolute ape shit macho man is just like at that time especially was one of the most he was genius at the sympathetic babyface selling as well yeah. as being the dastardly heel he's one of those guys that doesn't get talked about enough as playing both roles effortlessly and I, you know, this is a classic example of someone who has been a dastardly heel just getting mauled and just everyone is sympathizing over him because this evil Jake the Snake Roberts is toying with a man in front of his wife. That's fantastic. Is that the... Uh, the Tuesday, Tuesday in Texas. Texas. Sorry, yeah. I should have specified. That's okay. Uh, that one almost made my list. It's on my honorable mentions. We'll probably make the final list since we're not agreeing very much so far, but... Uh... Yeah, I love that match. The aftermath math is great where Jake slaps Elizabeth and oh god. Oh, it's so good. It's one I'm glad of the you think that's the part that's great. <laughs> well, no, I mean it it is because like people no, it is. you could tell the audience was uh, getting like was definitely in their feels. This is uncomfortable. This is real. Someone needs to fucking stop this shit. Like yeah. it's an incredible match. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it it's uh, it didn't slip my mind, but it's on my honorable mentions list. So, 
Uh, that brings me to my number six. And I also, of the trilogy of DDP Savage matches, uh, went with the Halloween Havoc 1997. It is our first match on the list. This is incredible. This is what last man standing matches should be. Uh, I think the best part of this match. So it looks it. This is what I think today's wrestlers are trying to do when they leave the ring all the time. But this, every moment of this felt real. Uh, this let this was a huge pop <laughs> when maybe for the first time ever, Miss Elizabeth got really physical in this match. She she uh, both guys are down at one point and she smashes a glass plate or whatever, like a, a platter over the the first referee's head and it shatters everywhere and then she goes and grabs a camera uh from the cameraman that got knocked out by the way <laughs> and they, and she wraps the cord around DDP's throat and she's choking the shit out of him and then Kimberly comes down and drags her off by her hair so we got a little bit of a cat fight but like just go watch the selling in this match like anyone who wants to be a professional wrestler this is what you should be striving for these guys sold the fact that it was a brutal fight and they're like wobble leg. It, it was actually funny. I was watching with my, my wife and Dusty on commentary. Uh, someone gets hit and they go, oh, he wobble legged him. He wobble legged him. And that tickled her and she laughed for about 15 minutes. But uh, Dusty just like losing his mind over the wobble leg selling uh, of Randy Savage. I mean, this is just a master class of selling. And again, it sucks because we've got the shit finish with the... Uh, with the, you know, Hogan dressed up as Sting. But it was great because the story they've been telling was that Savage had injured the ribs of DDP. And so when you notice in this match, Savage usually drops that elbow perfectly right up, right on the throat of everyone. In this match, he drops two elbows to the ribs. Like you could purposely see that he's targeting the ribs of DDP. And DDP, after two elbows, still answers the 10 count and comes to a stand. And then uh, we get the diamond cutter on Savage while the refs are out. And finally, the ref gets there and he gets a nine count and Savage barely makes it to his feet. Like, it is just great storytelling. Plus, you get a little bit of fun as they mess up the fake uh, graveyard there, throwing each other through tombstones and shit like that. It's a lot of fun. I highly recommend this match. Definitely my favorite of the trio, although... Uh, the first one's probably the most classic wrestling match of the three. Yeah, especially especially when he hits that diamond cutter. That was like when all bets yeah. were off and the feud was like escalated from there. Classic, classic feud. Probably, you know, bell to bell, one of Savage's best as far as like if you're talking yeah. about a rivalry as a whole. So, uh, for my number five. Now, the match is what it is, and I think... You know, I think it's just one big ending to a night rather than the classic match it's remembered as. But mm -hmm. him, uh, him beating Ted DiBiase at the end of WrestleMania four, the big celebration, Hulk Hogan's like passing of the torch, so to speak. Uh, the it's a magical moment, and it's the crown. It's the final crowning. Like finally, it happened. The crowning of the Macho Man Randy Savage, or so we thought. This was like an ideal anointments from number two to one at the time absolutely and, and i think it's <clears throat> something that the wwe is stealing uh a page out of the playbook from that moment right now with Sami Zayn and cody knowing that you have hogan has to be fully on board with savage 
so that the fan that we don't split the fans in half. They're doing a masterful job of that right now with Sami Zayn and Cody. This match uh, is like my number 11. So it's like right there on my honorable mentions. So this might make the final list as well. But uh, yeah, it, I, I think it's a really good match. Teddy DiBiase is one of the all-time greats, especially selling. Like these are two of the best salesmen of all time. And uh, it, it is a good match. Um but it's definitely more remembered for just the moment of Savage winning the title and uh, Hogan and Andre being involved uh, in setting up for that SummerSlam match, really. Um, but it, it's not the classic 30-minute main event because Savage already wrestled three other times <laughs> and Ted had a you know a 12-minute match in the first round as well. So, um, yeah, solid match. Love it. I'm glad it's on the list. Um, but I'm going to move on to... My number five, which is the next WrestleMania, the payoff of that night, Savage versus Hogan, WrestleMania five. You know, obviously we've talked about this match a lot. We did a whole episode dedicated yeah. to this match. And uh, yeah, yeah, so we, we don't need to. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> so we don't need to spend too much time talking about it. But yeah, it's a good match. It's great. Uh, but as we've talked about, it is a little bit of a ball drop because it was that was it. Savage got his match. He lost. Hogan beat him clean in the middle. No underhanded tactics. Cool. Let's move on. Hogan must pose. But uh, it's a great performance by Randy Savage, nonetheless. And it's, you know, it's there. It's all in the childhood feels. So it's number five on my list. Yeah. You know, you take the politics, you take the aftermath, you take the post whatever out of it. It's still in that that match in a bubble. It's the mega powers explode. It's it's fantastic. It's star power. We're going to talk about it shortly. But first, before nice. we get there. Uh, before we get there, though, I, I got to talk about this match. And it was hard for me to I to have these matches. I, I almost flipped them. But for me, the Hogan versus Savage match, I think, is better bell-to-bell -bell than maybe this one, Other, even though it may be the best bell-to-bell -bell match the opposition has had ever. But yeah. WrestleMania seven versus The Ultimate Warrior, the career match, the reunion with Elizabeth, you know, this is another one of those matches that, like, you know, the Bell to Bell was fine, and it was the best thing Warriors ever done, but this is all one adventure to the moment at the very end, and it we talked about it at length uh, on the Macho Man Moments uh, Top 10, but uh, this match as a whole, just if you, put, if you view it as a movie, the ending of this movie is why it's number four on my list. Right, and uh, we'll get there on my list. It's, I, I do have it a little bit higher. Um, I, I like it better than the Hogan match, but my number four, all, going again all the way back to 1985, after that great series of matches with uh, Jerry Lawler, Macho Man moved over to the other team, went to New York, and this one was more of the more of what we would hope for in a Bret Hart versus Macho Man Randy Savage match. Saturday night's main event, November 2nd, 1985. It is uh, a classic match. It's great. Uh, the highlights of this match, uh, at one point, Savage is putting the boots to Brett, and uh, he goes to attack him, and Brett back body drops him over the top rope to the floor. Savage hurts his ankle as we go to commercial break. We come back. Him and Elizabeth have removed his boot, and he literally wrestles the rest of the match on one foot because anytime he tries to put weight on his foot, he just collapses in pain. So he's hopping around on one foot, 
he even resorts to an eye rake at one point because he's so desperate. Like, this is brilliant. Simple. It's Yeah, it's simple. It's great storytelling. It's heat. And then when he catches Bret Hart out of nowhere, reverses a suplex into a, a small package, one, two, three, and then Anvil comes in. They they kick the shit out of Savage. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. It's great storytelling. It's, you know, one of the reasons we love both of these guys is their in-ring storytelling, their selling, their psychology. It's a great match. And, uh, yeah, I definitely needed to be on my list. It's, you know, Bret Hart. So, yeah, of yes. course. And even during our research for the the Macho Man Bret Hart match for Take It Up with Creative, I saw that this match existed, and it's still on my to do list to go view it. But yeah. you know, your your review of the highlights of it is definitely going to make me want to go and check it out, seek it out somehow. I, it's got to be also. On the cock. I, let me just mention that yeah, it's on the cock. That's where I viewed this again because I had seen it years ago when I found out it existed. But I wanted to refresh it, and it's everything that you could ever want. Uh, I mean, other than it not being a 25, 30-minute match. Like, it's a TV match, but they go through a break. So, like, it is a good 12 minutes. It's solid. It's great. And it was a hot storyline. This is after Honky Talk Man won the Intercontinental title and was rolling with the hearts and Jimmy Hart and doing all that stuff. So, lots of heel stuff here. And this was kind of the beginning of when Savage and Hogan started working together was to deal with these three characters. So, Well, speaking of uh, Savage and Hogan working together, I already uh, kind of made mention of it when I said that I switched my previous two, my three and four. But my number three is the Mega Powers Explode match at WrestleMania five. Uh, you know, this was like at the moment, you know, probably, a, you know, not probably. It was such a big deal. Like, you know, it's it, they're returning to the Trump Plaza. They're, it, it, it's two friends who are going at it for the title. After a year ago, they were celebrating together in the ring that, because just magic happened from one year to that next show of a storyline with, with the Mega Powers. So for, like, these best friends to explode and have this big match at the Trump Plaza at WrestleMania V, I, I think, you know... Just because of the characters and the larger the life, I wish I would have lived through this and watched it live. Right. Because right. going back, going back and reviewing it, you know, it m turned me into a kid. You know, and I was a kid when I when I saw it. Like I was in my teenagers when I watched it. Yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you, Coliseum Home Video. But I can't imagine <laughs> being twelve and like living through that. I would be just glued to my television. Right. Yeah. Maybe we'll ask uh, you know a friend of the show, Jeremy, about that because uh, that was definitely right in the middle of his fandom. Uh, that'd be a great question to ask him next time we have him on the show. Just what, what it was like viewing this live as a fan, the whole Mega Powers experience. That's a great idea. It's a great idea, yes. And he's a Mabel fan, so he, he, he's, uh, he's got room uh, on my friends list forever for that. Absolutely, yeah. It, it loved the match. So moving on, this is <laughs> my number three. I'll pick it up where you left off seat. To me... This is the single greatest example of why I can tell you that Randy Savage belongs on, you know, in the conversation for Mount Rushmore because he had a great 30-minute match with the Ultimate Warrior on the biggest stage of the mall. Like, I, you know, I know I mentioned it before, but we could really make the case that the original Mr. WrestleMania was Macho Man Randy Savage because, like, he had one of the only good matches at WrestleMania 2, which is just a drizzling pile of shit. And then WrestleMania 3 stole and the even show. That, Russ, and yeah, and yeah. even that match is not very good. <laughs> well, it's George uh, the Animal Steel uh, you know, in, in his, in his <laughs> mid-40s. So 
it is what it is. But you got a lot of story you could dig your yeah, teeth yeah, into, no. and it's fun. But I'm, but I'm just <coughs> saying, I'm just saying, having yeah, the best yeah, match yeah. at WrestleMania two is like being awarded the tallest midget. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not Wait, a big. Oh shit! Yeah. Now I have to hit. Now I have to hit the controversial button on the upload now. Oh no! You said the word. I said midget. Sorry, guys. The tallest guys. little person. <sighs> <laughs> oh, oh well it is what it is uh <clears throat> so mine is savage versus the ultimate warrior wrestlemania 7 i i think this match is is better than it gets credit for even um because it get, really gets remembered for the moment at the end which is great because from WrestleMania 6 to WrestleMania 7, you can see how far we've just moved on from the Ultimate Warrior. Like, <laughs> him winning this match is so immaterial to what happened that night. Like, you almost forget that he won because what you remember is the grand reuniting of, of Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth at the end of the night when it's all said and done. And that kicks off another great storyline that we absolutely love and we talked about during this March Madness season. So... Uh, yeah, my number three, Randy Savage match of all the time, Savage Warrior WrestleMania 7. Fantastical. And, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure you and I are going to match on one and two just by process of elimination because how can you not have number two as your number two, I'm sure, because you yourself have said that you have stolen from this match uh, yeah. as, as one of your own spots or just threads of storyline throughout one of your own matches. But I will say that this is the first time I've personally ever seen blood in a wrestling match, which just floored me. Also, thank mm -hmm. you, Coliseum Home Video. Uh, <laughs> but Ric Flair versus Macho Man Randy Savage at WrestleMania 8 is, you know, you can say what you want about the two in the ring, but, like, this is the most simple match that I'm sure you can call in the ring, and it just requires... it. The, the thread, the story of this match is so easy to call, but you have to just nail it with your selling ability because not yeah. a lot of people go after this type of story where the person hurts themselves. Yeah. And now the heel is going to capitalize on that instead of like the heel going after a body part. And that was his intention the whole time. No, these guys wouldn't had a main event match. Macho man hurts his leg doing an offensive move and Ric Flair catches it. And then capitalizes on it. And it's such a brilliant, like, understanding thing for someone to do that's trying to win a match. But it's also underhanded and fucked up as well. And you're sympathizing over the guy that fucked up. And you're also booing the guy that's taking advantage of it. And with Miss Elizabeth involved and, like, that, uh, Ric Flair being a creep and trying to get <laughs> all that shit going on. Uh, it's, it's one of those classic matches that will always live with me. And just the visual of Hare's white hair just being red. Is yeah. is such a visual and yeah, one of those one of those matches that'll just always live on for me. Yeah, so my number two, Savage versus Flair, WrestleMania eight. Absolutely. Uh this is this even when I was a kid, the first time I saw this match, it immediately went on my all time favorite matches list, uh, with you know, with all the Bret Hart stuff from that time. Like WrestleMania eight is really really good because we got the bret hart piper match yes. uh like and the and then the savage flair like it's so great i love the salesmanship and and you know like you said i loved this match so much that i stole that spot it like you know i see in Sean. i've seen sean do it i've seen a lot of guys do it but you know where you hurt yourself you tweak your knee I like this was kind of my go-to when I went out when you know 
on the times when I did go out to promotions and I was working with someone from the first time, especially someone I didn't really know or that I thought was really, I knew, they were green. And so I didn't want them bumping me around like an asshole or picking me up or doing anything like that. I go, okay, I'm going to take the opening spot. I'm going to bump you around because I'm a big baby face and you're a heel. I'm going to come for like a, you know, springboard, whatever off the, the second rope. You're going to move. I'm going to tweak my knee down, buddy. And I'm just going to sell for the next few minutes and then I'll fire a comeback. Uh, you know, of, of, of my limited in-ring skills, I think selling might have been my best ability and being able to get sympathy as a baby face. Uh, at least that's what I'd like to think. Uh, Ron can agree or disagree, but. <laughs> I mean, you had great win for a big guy. You, you went an yeah. hour with no cameras on. That's true. Uh, that's, de yes. that's dedication. <laughs> yes. Again, that's another Ric Flair, Bret Hart thing that I, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like the hour is the measuring stick for whether you're a good wrestler or not. So there's that, um, you know, hats off to MJF and Brian Danielson, by the way. Uh, but anyway, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I love that spot. I love that psychology. Simple, easy to understand story, especially if you're in front of a crowd that's never seen you before. This is a simple match to do where you're going to get some sympathy as a baby face. If your heel's any good, they're going to get some heat. Um, and then they're not necessarily cheating, but they're taking the low road, you know? <laughs> and so <laughs> it's they good stuff. They found a way to win. Yeah. Within the parameters of the rules. Right. It might be underhanded. It might, it might be underhanded. It might be morally wrong. But do it's a goal to win this match. So, so yes, yeah, so you just mentioned. Speaking of that, do do you listen to uh, Dax's podcast by chance? I don't. Okay, it's really good. By the way, um, not quite as good as Regal's. Regal's was like a master class in wrestling every week, and I fucking loved it. And I'm so sad that he went back to WWE in a position where you can't really have a podcast. <laughs> so nope. Dax filled the slot. And uh, he is doing some of the same stuff where he's giving us match. Like, so this last episode, they watched a match from NXT, uh, the revival taken on uh, Gable and uh, Jordan, right? Yeah. And so there was one spot they did where they talked about it where they were basically cheating within the rules. Like, you know, he made a blind tag. The babyface didn't see it. So he distracted him and like begged off and was backing up so that he had to turn his back to his partner so his partner could hit him from behind. So it's it's underhanded, it's dirty, but it's within the rules and it's a simple way to get heat. And yeah, any stuff like that is just, oh, it's magic to me. It's like that's the magic in professional wrestling to Absolutely. me. Absolutely. And while we're on the subject, like the, I think the, the day I fell in love with the New Day is when they were heels and they did the same kind of logic, you know, breaking the rules, but it's not a, it's not a broken rule. They would right. tag out and you have five seconds to get out. So they would just stomp mud hole, like the, do the mud hole stomp. Yeah, the yeah. Person. They call it the unicorn stampede. <laughs> so they would just they would just they would just stomp a mud hole in the person until the four, until the four count happened, tagged the other guy in, kept, kept it going, and then they just do that a revolving door twenty oh. times in a row, and, they, oh. and they're there's no they're they're going within the time limit. Yeah, they yeah, can just stomp yeah. this guy until they're and they've literally won a match with that. It's just oh, like, that's just, awesome. Yeah, when they were like wrestling enhancement guys, they would just shit can the other guy by the time they knew that that guy was done from the stomps, and it was such a heat seeking <laughs> missile of a spot. With the fucking trombone in the back. I miss Heel New Day. They really need to pivot back to that one day. <laughs> oh, 
But we stalled long enough, Cole, because I'm pretty sure by process of elimination, if you're a wrestling fan or if you're a fan that's listening to this show, you know damn well that this match exists. You know damn well that this was going to end up number one on the list. It's probably going to end up number one on Cole's list, too. If not, he's probably, we're in for the swerve of swerves, bro. But uh, I, my number one is WrestleMania three. Macho Man, Randy Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Now, I have gone back to the well on the following phrase because this match has gotten kind of flack, but not really. But the people that give it flack was the fact that this match was written on paper and talked about for for weeks. Where I like to argue that the fact that these guys went and pulled this off from memory and made it look like it's off the cuff is more remarkable and you know, dare I say, again, some of the best songs were written. And, you know, these guys didn't go out there and rehearse. These guys just knew what they were talking about. They knew exactly what they wanted to do, and they went and executed, and it's one of the most brilliant matches in history. And probably something that even the indie guys today will still put on a pedestal. Absolutely. And and I think there was a little bit of this match. I got, you know, you got that moment from this match where Steamer's just going for pinfall after pinfall after pinfall after pinfall. We got that in the middle of an Iron Man match uh, between Brian Danielson and MJF just a couple weeks ago where <clears throat> they wrestled for 25 minutes and then they did this like five minute nonstop high spot craziness where they just did reversal after reversal, one, you know, near fall, near fall, near fall, near fall. And it's always great. It's always exciting. Like pinfall attempts can be a high spot, a really good high spot that really gets the crowd going. So absolutely is fantastic. So uh, without further ado, my number one, of course, is Macho Man Randy Savage versus the Giant Gonzalez at a house show. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Fuck that match. (laughs) Swerve, bro. Macho Man versus the Repo Man. The very first (laughs) angle on Monday Night Raw was Repo Man stealing Macho Man's hat. And that almost made my number one list. I almost trolled this episode too, Cole, but we can't do that. (laughs) So, yes, absolutely. Number one, Savage Steamboat. I I, I don't think anyone will argue that this is Savage's best match. Uh, it maybe if some of the Bobby Eaton stuff was actually on tape and uh, circulated well, you know, if if it happened in WWF, that might be up for consideration, but it's not. So Savage Steamboat, absolutely. This is the all, like the first real WWF all-time classic match, Uh, at, at least once Vince took over. Like, once Junior bought the company and he was running things, this was, like, the first be-all, end-all classic match that the tape traders, like, everyone saw this. Everyone wanted to see it. As soon as they heard about it, it you know, the tapes went out. Every, you know, I, I can't imagine that other than maybe Dynamite Kid and uh, Tiger Mask that anything was more duplicated in the 80s than this just absolute wrestling classic. It has, hasn't lost any steam even though the business has, you know, changed and work rate is all the rage nowadays. No, this match match holds up up with all that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This match never goes out of style. This is the, this is what professional wrestling should be all the time. Uh, Two guys trying to win this match. And, and even then there's a little bit of theatrics in this where Savage grabs the bell 
and he's con- he, this was like the first moment where Savage like redeemed himself in the eyes of WWF fans because he didn't want to beat Steamboat cheating. He tosses the bell away, and then I think you know George Steele gets involved, but like he has that moment where oh I could just clock him with his bell, and he hesitates, and oh it's just so great. And then when Steamboat wins, it, it's it's a magical moment, and and then after this, this is when the fans like fully endeared themselves into Savage and they turned him babyface after this. So yeah, it's, it's up there with all the all time greats, uh, even, you know, 35 years later. Yeah. It's still like one of the standard bearers. Absolutely. So we have four samesies for matches. Yes. Yeah. We match on matches. Oh no, we have five. We have five. Five! Let us not forget the Halloween havoc. Oh yes. So, and I think you were. I think you were kind of okay with the DiBiase main event, but we have others to choose from too. Yeah. So I think just right off the bat, uh, do you have any honorable mentions, good sir? Honorable mentions, not really. I was having fun with the Repo Man one. Uh, Bone Saw versus Spider Man's a good one. I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I wanted to talk about that that TNA run in uh, that one time. Remember when he was gonna have a match and then like it wasn't gonna happen, and then like he he showed up, but then he just like kind of like cleared house, and it was like really disappointing. He did have he, a match with a really shitty roll up uh, that he won. Uh, it did happen. I remember seeing it because it was sad. Yeah, I, it was, yeah, it was, it was, was very sad. sad. But but you know, I will I will say. This is one of my favorite WrestleManias ever, except for this match, but we'll talk about it anyway. But God damn it, him hanging or attempting to hang up Crush in the backstage locker room at WrestleMania 10. So how long has it been <laughs> since you've seen that match? Uh, it's It's been a while, and I remember enjoying the match until that fiasco happened. Right. So I watched it again recently. I was listening to our friend Gregory Irons podcast and uh, it, 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 he, he did a bracket as well. The dirty sack of shit stealing our ideas anyway. Uh, but it was the worst WrestleMania matches of all time. So kind of the opposite of what we usually do on our brackets and, <laughs> and crush and Randy Savage did very well and may have won the worst match in the history of WrestleMania, right? And so I went back and watched it because of how bad they buried this fucking match. And I watched it, you know, going in, remembering how bad the finish was, even as a kid, going like, oh, man, this is not good. Right, even as a kid. Um, But then watching the actual match, up until that moment, it's pretty damn good. Uh, Mm -hmm. Crush looks a hell of a lot better and more athletic than I ever remember him being in this match. Oh, yeah. yeah the, I, it, I think the this match is what, itself is better the, than than what people think it is. Yeah, this was the best version of Crush by far because when he came in, he was the big generic baby face from Hawaii, and then he went, then he like wore darker clothes and went did the purple makeup, and he got goatee, and that was my favorite Crush. Then he went away for a while because he went to jail, and then became back as the Jailbird with the Nation of Domination. <laughs> my favorite Crush is definitely WrestleMania 10 Crush. You know, it's just it's another one of those things that I like to say. You know, a, a, an ending to a bad ending could ruin a movie, and right. you know. If I if you just stop the match before they go backstage, 
it's it's a good match. <laughs> well, even even if the match continued when they went backstage, here's the thing: if him pinning Crush and then tying him up would have taken eight seconds, and it would have been good, and you've been hanging, then it'd have been a cool finish, and it wouldn't have shit all over the match. But it literally took him fifty seven seconds to hang him up, and then he didn't his feet. He didn't even stay hung up. He just like immediately fell to the ground. So like he yeah. spent almost the entire time period of a minute trying to tie him up and barely makes it back to the, the to the arena on time. Like this is probably one of yeah. those first moments when they went, hey, if we're going to have half a match backstage or in a parking lot or wherever, let's pre-tape that part. <laughs> or like or like, hey, what the fuck is this stipulation? Let's just have a match. Yeah, that too. I mean, it, it you know, it's one of those things that in theory and on paper, it probably sounded better than it was. And like I said, like, honestly, the idea in and of itself isn't bad. If You know, you beat a guy and, and they have to have they have 60 seconds after the pinfall to get back to the ring. So you tie him up so he can't get back. Cool idea. But it's kind of like the buried alive match when they realize that, hey, it's going to take us 45 minutes for two guys with shovels to fill this this grave. So we probably ought not do this. <laughs> yeah. Or use or use a tractor every time. <laughs> yes. And every time after that, they used the tractor and made it quick. But it's oh, OK. So the only other thing on my honorable mention, because I mentioned my other two honorable mentions, I agree. DBRC WrestleMania four. So we're just going to go ahead and put that on the list so we don't have to fill six slots. Uh, we're going to go ahead and put uh, the Tuesday in Texas because that shit's amazing. Um. Another uh, uh, assignment I'll give you here. Didn't know this existed until I started digging into other people's list. There's a wonderful, th- this was one of the first big events WWE did. It's called the Wrestling Classic. This is where Piper faced off with Hogan for the world title um, before we got to WrestleMania. Uh, so the rest of this card is a 16-man tournament, which is great. We get, there's there's a brilliant Terry Funk match where he does the heel thing with Moondog Spot. He tries to outsmart him and goes, hey, brother, I don't really want to wrestle four times, so why don't we just get a double count out? We'll just go to the back right now, and uh, let's go. And and Moondog's like, no, no, you go first. So Funk gets out of the ring, cool. And then Moondog gets out of the ring. They both start walking. Funk lets him get ahead of him. He shit cans him from behind and tries to run in the ring about seven or eight to get back in the ring. Moondog spot catches him, cuts him off, and then he jumps in right before the 10 count and Funk gets himself countered out. So like he outsmarted himself. Great spot. Uh, there's a wonderful match with JYD on this with, um, oh shit, who did he wrestle? Oh, I don't remember, but it was good fantastic Bob Orton versus uh, Paul Orndorff match. Phenomenal. But the gem of this, the hidden gem is macho man, Randy Savage taking on the dynamite kid. Fantastic match. They do a full top rope superplex. This is one of the first times you see the superplex and then both guys put their feet up and they, you know, they hook in a small package type gimmick. That's very, It's a wonderful match because the the I mean it's fast it's it it's high speed fast paced intense hard hitting it's it's like way ahead of its time from 1985 so yeah the wrestling classic highly recommend it yes the wrestling classic ladies and gentlemen go out of your way to watch it I, I also <laughs> found uh, that there was a Shawn Michaels Macho Man match with sensational yes. with sensational Sherry in Shawn Michaels corner. So, like, yes. one of the best versions of Shawn Michaels ever versus Macho yeah. Man. 
another match that I found that's uh might be on a Holos- uh, Holosium Coliseum home video. It's Brett and the Macho Man taking on Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels. That's your main event for the. I think it's a, a MSG house show that uh, exists on tape somewhere. And uh, it made some people's list as just one of the greatest Macho Man Savage. Like, I've uncovered so many gems doing this list. Like, I'm so happy right now because, like, I just went, like, on a three-hour binge of Macho Man Randy Savage last night. And so, like, I am, like, all amped up about wrestling right now. Yes. I want to go get in a ring. I want to do some tag matches. Like, I want to do some spots. It's just, it's fucking awesome, man. Well, speaking of spots, we got spots to fill, Cole. Let's solidify this gem of a top ten list. How many do we have left? Three. So uh, I, I want – I know you haven't seen this yet, so it's a tough sell. But I really want to put this Bret Hart Savage Saturday Night's Main Events match on here. Um, well, I, I can't – it's one of those things on paper that you just know is worth being on a list. So, yeah, I'm good with it. All right. So two slots. Do you have anything you want to, to force through? Well – you know, there could be a case as far as the moment of that six-man is, but it's not a match. I mean, this is the top ten Macho Man matches, and that's not really a Macho Man match. It was a match that he was involved with, but everyone remembers the heel turn at the end, so I'm going to eliminate that myself. Okay. I think... Uh, I, I mean, really, the only two that I have left is uh, staying at uh, what is Spring Stampede, not Slamboree, <laughs> folks. Or Roddy Piper, Rodney the Piper at, at Great American Bash 98. Those are my last two. What do you have left? I've got uh, the Mega Powers versus Mega Bucks. <clears throat> I've got uh, Lawler and Savage from 98, the Loser Leaves Town match. I've got the Royal Rumble 93, which I will eliminate myself gladly. And, hey, uh, the he eliminated Slamboree. himself too. Yeah. The <laughs> The Slambury 98 match with Brett, because I have two Bret Hart matches on my list, because I'm a mark. <laughs> hey, no, just good taste. Well, yeah. I, and we have one spot to fill or two? Two spots. That's why I was asking you if you wanted one, and then I can, uh, we can argue over the third spot. Hmm. Well, I mean, we love Piper, we love Brett. Let's put Brett in twice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why uh, not? And then, so then, uh, yeah, you know, the Piper Great American Bash or Sting? Yeah, why not? Piper or Sting? Which one you want? I would go with Piper just because I like the finish better, and Charles Robinson deserves the recognition for the bump he took that night. All right, there it is. <laughs> we have a top 10. Let me know when you're done writing so I can yell numbers. Okay. I am ready for the official creative team show top 10 solidified list of macho yes. man randy savage matches of all time there you go I was that probably was say an opening is. that is def that was that was definitely a series of words that i was waiting to end <laughs> so without further ado number 10 jerry the king lawler versus macho man randy savage 1985 loser leave town match nine great american bash 1998 rowdy the roddy piper Versus Randy Savage with the great bump from the referee. Jesus. Number eight. <laughs> Bret Hart versus Randy Savage, Saturday night's main event in 85. Seven. Jake the Snake Roberts versus Macho Man Randy Savage, Tuesday in Texas. 
six, WrestleMania four, the world title tournament finals. Randy Savage wins the world heavyweight championship from Ted DiBiase. Five, Randy Savage versus DDP Halloween Havoc, 1997, last man standing. <laughs> I'm done. Four. <laughs> Hogan versus Savage, WrestleMania 5. <laughs> Three. Hogan versus The Ultimate Warrior, WrestleMania 7. Who versus The Ultimate Warrior? I don't know. Did I say Savage? You said Hogan. <laughs> oh, god damn it. Number three, Randy Savage versus The Ultimate Warrior, WrestleMania 7. Two. WrestleMania 8, Ric Flair versus The Macho Man, Randy Savage. Number one. And, of course, number one, WrestleMania three, the all-time classic, Randy the Macho Man Savage Intercontinental title match with Ricky the Dragon Steam. With Georgie Animal Steel on a small ring, 93,000 people. Stop talking. <laughs> it's a podcast. <laughs> I know. No, literally defeat the purpose. But no, all long titles for every match aside, Cole, we're talking WrestleMania matches. We talked a lot of WrestleMania matches, but we're going to spend the next two weeks because we're on the road to WrestleMania talking about 32 of the greatest WrestleMania matches. That's right. We're going back to a two-part bracket on the way to WrestleMania 39, Cole. Uh, we we kind of made mention when we were talking about this that like just making the bracket is going to be an adventure in itself. Because there are 38 WrestleManias in the can, three of which have two nights. Uh, so we have a lot to choose from. It's going to be fun. Um, and uh, boy, uh, I just did the math in my head right now. Uh, when we solidify the greatest WrestleMania match of all time, it will be episode 100 on the Here at the Creative team. Wow. Congratulations, Cole. We uh, we did it. We we hit triple digits in our podcasting uh, fame. If we don't like, you know, uh, die on the way <laughs> to true. recording this, yeah. But we are two away. This bracket, at the end of this bracket, the season finale of this bracket, rather, is going to culminate as our one hundredth episode as a duo for the creative team. That is fantastic news, and that is one hundred weeks in a row, ladies and gentlemen, uh, where you got an episode. Uh, does that include the bonus episode we did? Uh, actually, yes. Wow. It does. So, yeah, 99 weeks in a row and a bonus episode that we crammed in there out of nowhere, uh, thanks to Ron. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, this has been an adventure. Uh, I, I would think that, you know, most people that know me that know that after about six weeks of whatever I'm doing, I'm usually bored and done with it. But this is, uh, you know, a lifetime of passion you know wrestling is one of the things i've never gotten it out of my blood i can't get rid of it i can't walk away from it i still get excited for pay-per-views i'm actually genuinely excited for wrestlemania this year uh which isn't always the case but when it happens it's delightful so uh yeah 100 episodes thank you ronald Yes, 100 episodes. It's fantastic. I'm excited. We're going to solidify the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. Guest is still pending, but it's going to be a good one because we're going to need somebody that has seen pretty much every WrestleMania match. Yeah, I have someone in mind. I'll do do some reaching out and uh, see what we can pull together. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited for this. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say right now. So maybe we should just end the show this week 
Uh, it's been a wonderful March Madness. Macho Man, rest in peace. Your achievements have been talked about at nauseum for a month. I hope to do this again next month. We're going to come up with more Macho Man shows. I think we're going to have a... <laughs> we got to... We got to come up with more Macho Man shows, more Take It Up with Creatives, more fantasy dream matches that involve his brother, too. Maybe his dad. Maybe another movie in, in the hood. We'll see. But uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed March Madness. We need more wrestler-themed months, and I'm going to go to the drawing board and throw some ideas your way. But until then... Obviously, obviously, we have to have a Bret Hart month at some point. We did have a Bret Hart month. We had Hart month last February. Yeah, but do, do we do all four Strike two, Cole. Yes, we did. <laughs> okay, how Strike about this, two, Ronald? How about in October, <laughs> we do The Fucking Undertaker? Oh, I've been wanting to do The Undertaker for years, but he never calls me back. <laughs> On that note, that's going to do it for this week's episode and wrapping up a month dedicated to the Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, not too many people more deserving. So, for Ron Kilborn, I am your host, Cole Dawson, saying thank you, we love you, and good night. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod, or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130. And follow yours truly at Ron underscore Kilborn. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team!